All right, this is uh, this is Jimmy uh, from Jedi Funtime, and I'm with uh, Samantha. Samantha, and here we are today with a sp very special guest, uh, Derek Lyons. Um, to those who don't know who he is, um, he is in Star Wars, the original Star Wars, A New Hope. He uh, portrayed as a metal bearer in the ceremony scenes at the end of uh, of the film uh, on Yavin 4. Um, I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while because he's uh, very, very interesting as far as, besides Star Wars, he's been in a lot of number of numerous films that you probably know of, but you probably have never you know, seen them. But once we uh, go over and talk about the movies he was in, you'll, uh, you'll be very impressed of uh, the resume that he has. So uh, welcome to the show, Derek. How are you doing? Hi, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, nice to talk to you, and uh, thank you for inviting me to Je Jedi Fun Time. How is it being in the uh, embarking in the year of the 40 year anniversary of Star Wars and you uh, yeah, playing a part yeah. in the film? Yeah, next year uh, is the 40th anniversary. I take it, and uh, well, yeah, I never thought I'd, I'd survive this long. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> I knew the film would survive, but not me. No, really. Well, it, <laughs> well, it seems like you had quite an exciting life uh, afterwards um, until now. So yeah, you've been very you're very busy with yourself. What have you been doing? I mean, I've I've just been. Um, it's. Uh, uh, as Robert Mitchum once said to me, you know, Derek, it's all smoke and mirrors and full of horseshit. That's what the business is like, to be honest with you. And uh, I was very lucky uh, to uh, join uh, an agency in 1975, just before I went to, I was actually at uh, secondary school then. Uh, I, don't really call, I don't know what you call it in America, but uh, I left there when I was about 16. And uh, it was about, I think, uh, yeah, anyway, I eventually went to, uh, to university for a year and uh, that's the time when I, I a year after I worked uh, I started to work on Star Wars which was 76 okay. at Shefton Studios so yeah I've kind of been lucky uh, it's it's not only luck I feel I feel like some things are maybe predestined in some ways um, I don't know uh, my philosophy is a bit like that my belief in um, life and you know, the spiritual aspects of life. I, I tend to think that certain things are, are there for you. and um, But obviously you have to make it yourself. And uh, right. as I said in that film recently, Elstree 1976, uh, I never wanted to be famous. And thank God I'm not famous. Um, I just wanted to be working, you know, as yeah. an actor. Right. And I, <clears throat> I regard myself really as a, um, as a character actor. That's what I hopefully will. I've got a few things lined up this year. Uh, which will uh, stretch me a bit and uh, see a new agent and uh, see what happens. You know, they, they, this guy who I knew, who I worked with years ago uh, on the TV show called The Bill, which was a cop, cop show. I played a cop in that. Okay. Was it a speaking role? It was called The Bill, yeah. It was, okay. a, it was a TV show. It's quite well known in this country. Were you a good uh, cop or a bad cop? Hmm? Were you a good cop or a bad cop? Uh, good cop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, um, but anyway, he's an agent now. And this friend of mine, Joe, and uh, he he's got a few ideas. So I'm going to meet him. I've been, I should have met him last year, but you know because of logistics, I couldn't really see him. So we're going to be meeting up in the next few weeks and got a few um, ideas. Mm. Uh, so yeah, as I say, getting back to your point, uh, your question. Yeah, I've been I've just been very lucky, and I've made my own luck, and uh, and. Uh, as uh, a friend of mine, Terry Bamber, who's assistant director of many Bond films, said, uh, you know, Derek always hit his marks, was on time, and very professional. And so that's why I kind of work from one thing to another, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. 
Was it a uh, like an open castings call for this uh, this movie that so, came out? So how'd you how'd you hear about it through a, through a friend? Uh, uh, what for Star Wars? Yes. I mean? yes. Mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, I joined an agency like Central Casting, as okay. it was in those days. Uh, <clears throat> you know, most actors in America <clears throat> they start with um, uh, working on um, you know uh, doing some background work. I mean, right. I call it supporting artists. I never call people extras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like supporting roles and. Uh, Thankfully, uh, most of the stuff I ever got was, um, you know, featured in speaking uh, parts in movies. But, um, yeah, basically, I, 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 on Star Wars, it was after a year of being with my, uh, you have to join a union like SAG or right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh There's an agency I joined um, called the Film Artists Association. Uh, my father knew the head honcho there called uh, Sean Brannigan, who um, was a stuntman. Before that, quite well known stuntman. Um, I did because my father knew a lot of people in the business from his earlier time, connected with stuntmen and British stuntmen, etc., as friends and people he worked with. I was able to join, and then obviously, you know, um, then I got Star Wars. Basically, Star Wars came to be that um, it was actually it was actually the second job I was uh, I was offered. Okay. I think it was the first job. It was about the same year. Was the Spy Who Loved Me, a James Bond film? Oh no! Oh. It could have been. It could. Have, I think I was seventy. I think I was seventy-six. I'm, I'm getting mixed up now. Every time it could. Be, it could have been that. Then Star Wars. It could have been Star Wars first. I can't remember. But the um, no Living Donuts. Maybe no. Sorry. Um, uh, get mixed up my timeline. The um, Spy Who Loved Me. I, I may be mixed up with that. My brain doesn't work always correctly. But no, uh, Star Wars was the first thing I basically. Um, I was told by, um, I think it was David Edwards, who's a casting guy, you know, we're sending you down to Shepparton Studios um, to, uh, you know, be photographed and uh, possible fitting for this film. And so I went down there, I was queuing up, very naive, very shy then, as I am now, as you see. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, basically they took some Polaroids, um, you know, most days it was black and white. They made the color ones, but uh, they took photographs and, and dressed me in this kind of rebel costume, which I didn't even know what it was then. Mm-hmm. No one knew what the film was about. Um, we knew it was a sci-fi movie. Um, and uh, anyway, they I, they got my costume fitting. It was, I say, maybe 100 people queuing up. It was quite uh, it was quite an experience, to be honest with you. And then yeah. about two weeks later, they said, yeah. They want you down there, and uh, you're going to be one of the rebel rebel guards. <clears throat> so I, at that point, I wasn't really uh, cast as the medal bearer. It was just uh, by chance again that um, I'll tell you the story. I I, I I was very interested in you know movies anyway since I was a child, and uh, when we we're on this big massive set, the Masasi Temple, yeah. you know, it's, called, it's called now. Um, myself, I got friendly with a guy called Robert, who was another supporting artist or inverted commas extra. And uh, we, you know, at lunchtime we go back to the set and look at, you know, look at C3PO, sorry, R2D2, mm-hmm. and uh, and C3PO's costume was left on the side. It's part of it. The helmet and stuff was left, or well, the, the head piece was left on the side. We pick it up, look at it, and you know, just look at these, just study it, and you know. Because uh, we're fascinated by these things. I, right. I love robots anyway, or droids, mm-hmm. you know, as they're called now. And uh, so one day, I don't know what day it was, maybe the second day, and we were basically in the the scene where uh, on one side is Harrison, uh, Mark Hamill uh, with Chewbacca, Peter right. Mayhew walked down, 
the aisle towards to get a medal. Yes. Because that they didn't get the medal bearer at that point. They just filmed a certain bit, or, you know, side shot of them, and there was no one at either ends really uh, um, cast at that point, because they were playing by numbers. You know, one they would get people out the crowd, or they had certain people they had uh, who they dressed as admirals and right, like right. the donor. You know, the late Alex McCrindle, etc. So anyway, uh, what happened by fluke um, was myself and Rob went on the set uh, before we was meant to come back for lunch. It was a very hot summer. Yeah, I think it was May time um, in, um, uh, in in England, obviously very, very hot. Right. Mm-hmm. You just turn the thing off because it's noise sending me nuts. And um, so... Um, we went on set and we were looking at the robots, etc. And then we started to walk off set, going back to maybe have a glass of orange. And suddenly we heard this boy shout at us, Oh, you two, what are you doing on on set? You shouldn't be on set now. You should be, uh, you know, you don't come back till two o'clock. You know, why are you, you know, we were, we were crapping ourselves, you know, we were really frightened because this yeah. guy is a massive voice, you know. And it was actually, it became a friend of mine. He's still friends of mine on Facebook now. Uh, his name was Terry Madden. Okay. Terry, Terry Madden uh, was the, I think he was the, the third assistant on it. Okay. And uh, he did a lot of the Bond films. And so as we were walking away, suddenly his mic, he, he said, uh, if someone spoke to him on his mic, he said, oh boy, you two, come back here. So we went back to him and he said, go, I want you to stand up on, go, I want you to go on that rostrum there and stand there. We're going to use you as uh, in the scene. I said, oh, okay, great. So uh, it was me and a guy called Robert. Now, Robert was a very, very tall chap. Um, in those days, I think it was 70s, people had longer hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, you know, in the costume which we're fitted in was a basically an old British Army costume, I think it was. Right. And, uh, and my shoes, I had to have my own black shoes. So I had basically a pair of almost penny loafers, which I bought for the film. Okay. Uh, which, you know, because you had black shoes. And I was really in trainers in those days, you know, all the time. Adidas and all that stuff. So um, we're on set. Uh, we're up there. And eventually we brought the people on in Harrison and Mark and Carrie and yes. and then set the scene. And then um, they said, okay, Derek, you're going to be, what's your name, Derek? You're going to be in the middle there. And Robert, you're going to be inside. And then what happens is the scene. They explained the scene. George Lucas was as quiet as a mouse. He didn't say any, hardly anything. Right. Uh, he really made uh, everything was went through the first assistant. Uh, I can't remember his name. And um, <clears throat> so basically, I, I'm the first the first person to go forward in the scene. We had to time it really well, and I give the medal, which eventually goes to Harrison initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but unfortunately, with um, Robert, uh, there's another kind of connection as well. His Robert, that's slightly taller than me. He was uh, studying ballet you know, for many years, and he was very uh, bit camp in some ways as well. Uh, I'm not saying all ballet dancers are camp, you know, uh, but um, <laughs> he, he he really had for some reason being a ballet dancer. He walked like Charlie Chaplin, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I described it before visually with people, and basically, as he was going forward, mm-hmm. he was like swinging from side to side. He wasn't <laughs> very military; it had to be military. Yeah. And I always been very good at doing things being a Libra and everything has to be balanced and right and you know get it right and I, my mm-hmm. memory and my my body position um, from be, doing martial arts I suppose uh, was enabled me to kind of do it the correct way okay so anyway uh, Robert really messed it up and uh, I'm not sure if we, they filmed us to, doing the scene 
during that sequence because it was just rehearsal. But anyway, they decided to, and we say in England English film terms, he got elbowed, which means he got rid of him. Oh. And usually do a gesture where if you get your 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 hand to your chest and elbow outwards to your right or to your left, that means get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So they got rid of uh, Robert, and then they chose some other guy. Uh, whose name's Nick Joseph, you may be aware of him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then Nick Joseph then became the other medal bearer. Okay. Uh, and then there, then I was still in the middle at that point, doing my bit, and then we were broke for lunch, and I came back, and in those days, I, you know, so very shy and very insecure, and, um, but, but, you know, still could do the do the work. Yes. And we got back after the, after the set, and, uh, Nick was actually, and I knew, because obviously I knew where the camera was, I thought, God, I'm in the middle here, this would be great, you know, I'd be seen yes. in, in, on this film, whatever it's going to be called, you know, I mean, even though it's called The Star Wars. <laughs> right, it's all about position, where you're, where, where the camera's at. Yeah, I'm right in front of the camera, it's going to be fantastic, you know. Yes. So, um, <laughs> what happened then was, um, uh, I came back, and he's standing in my position, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Okay, subsequently, he kind of works, because he's a smaller person, and it's actually good, it, but the whole visual aspect looks all right. Yes. I said to him, I said, excuse me, I said, um, why are you in my position? He said, oh, is that right? You got to, you just go over there, you know, uh, you know, because he's much older than me, Nick Joseph. Ah, yeah. And uh, so I, I was kind of um, really upset by that, you know, yeah. and thankfully General Dodona, uh, Alex McCrindle, he was very nice. I explained to him, because you know, he was like a, like a grandfather, fatherly figure. On it with me, and he was very took me under his wing and told me about his history in, in working radio and film. Very nice chap, one of the nicest actually. On there. him and Carrie, I think, were the and Kenny were, were my favourites you know, on there. I mean, I got on well with Mark as well. Um, yeah, I was but, gonna, I was going to anyway. ask you about that. You guys off the set, you and Mark Hamill were really uh, close. As yeah, far yeah. As, uh, I mean, I think the thing is that in between um, takes and stuff, you guys were 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 uh, pals. <laughs> I was saying that how you and Mark Hamill were really uh, close uh, chums. Yeah, off, I mean, on, on, on the movie, I mean, you know, obviously it's a long time ago and he won't remember everything. I, I've got a very good memory for situations and I, I never really make anything up. I tell things the way that the way it is within reason. And um, during that, uh, during the lunchtime break, um, I would go off and, um, oh, you just get back to the metal bearer thing quickly. I, I, was, I was actually, Nick Joseph did me a really, a uh, big favor because uh, on the screen I'm actually seen more than him, <laughs> which is great. You know? So I thank yeah, you for that. Worked, <laughs> and I also, but another thing out, yeah. I, I think you forgot to mention at the beginning of this interview was that I was also the rebel on a guard um, when the when the um, uh, when the heroes come through the the, the main doors at the end of the of the Masashi Temple. I'm the guy on the left as you look at the screen. And the other guy on the right, uh, on the right-looking screen, is Lorne Peterson, who still works for. Um, uh, he was a model maker, special effects for yes. Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard uh, of his name before. And I'm also, I'm also in the uh, briefing room scene as well, with General Dodona at the front, and you see me at the very front, uh, side profile when I get up. You were just but wearing. Yeah. A, were you wearing a ball cap in that scene? Pardon? You were just wearing a ball, a normal like a baseball cap at that scene, right? Uh, no, no. In, in the uh, in the scene in the in the briefing room when General Dodone yes. was explaining about the Death Star, uh, on the left uh, of the photograph, I, I have to send it to you. Uh, just behind me is John Chapman, who was, was reg- um, one of the X-wing, X-wing pilots. pilots right. Uh, 
and I'm at the front, and you just see me, as he says, may the force be with you, you know, when they're getting ready to attack the Death Star. Yeah. And it kind of cl- uh, kind of cuts to the next thing. Uh, you see me, if you freeze frame, you see me standing up, turning to right, you see me moving my head, and you can see, I mean, you can see it's me, because from other photographs of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was quite nice. Oh, but cool. no, um, Mark, uh, I, I like to, because I was fascinated by film, and I, 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 um, looked around the sets it was sets we were filming uh, in on a stage called h stage mm-hmm. h stage and um just behind that there was a massive uh, set a village set of the dickensian um uh, england you know and i wonder what it was and i someone said to me oh that's um um the set from oliver the musical lionel bart's oliver which i loved when oh. i was a kid okay and I, I, I said to Mark, I said, do you fancy, I'm going to bring my camera tomorrow and um, perhaps we'll do some photographs, uh, you know, around the set, except together. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, well, that'd be great, Derek. You know. So the next day I brought my little brownie camera. It was, uh-huh. you know, now we have digital and we have phones. And stuff. <laughs> In those days it was a, you know, you had to wind click, it up with your click hand. And click and shoot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really Kodak, really cheap one. And uh, the film itself was very small. Film. It wasn't 35 millimeter. It was uh, much smaller than that. So we went over the set, and uh, next day, and uh, Peter May who followed us, and um, he was, in, you know, interested in what we we're going to do. And then we had those photographs taken together um, with uh, Mark and me and with Peter Mayhew, and one of the um, there's a guy called John. I think his name is John Hort. He's dead now. His son's on Facebook. Um, he played one of the admirals. He's one with big. Um, Big moustache, you know, he's gray hair, he's on top of left. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think his name's John Ort. John Ort. Yeah, John Ort. John Ort, I think his name is. Um, uh, Funny enough, I sent his son, uh, who's his 50s now, I sent him the pictures which I had of his father, and he loved it, you know, and uh, he was pleased with that. But yeah, I got on with Mark, he just, he told me about, he, he Mark told me that he did a TV show called, I think it was General Hospital. Yes. Mm So he did uh, little parts in um, TV shows uh, before Star Wars, and um, yeah, we got on pretty well. And then we discovered we were born the same date of birth, you know, 25th of September. That's, that's right. Obviously, not the same yeah. year because he's a little bit older than me. Um, but yeah, he was a he was a fun guy, you know. And uh, I, I had lunch with him in the big tent and uh, just you know general chatter, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one knew who he was. I didn't know who he was. He didn't know who I was. I didn't know the only one, I, any person I uh, who did I recognise? No one really, but yeah, um, no on the highest. Oh yeah, I think Harrison possibly. I think no, I don't know. I, think, I may have seen him in a film before, but can't remember. No, because Apocalypse Now was after that, I think. Right. But um, yeah, well, I'm, so it was fun. I'm sure when you did the scene, the temple scene, that when you when you you know saw Mark on the set that. I'm not sure if you handed him the medal, if that was your medal that you handed to him, or that was someone else's, or that was Han Solo's. But I'm sure you didn't know at the time that, that, this, that Mark Hamill was the main actor of this movie, I'm sure, until, until it got released. No, I didn't know. Uh, and um, No, I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I thought maybe it was uh, Harrison, to be honest with you. And, uh, but no, he, he uh, yeah, my med- I'm the be- I, I give the medal to General Dodona, who gives it then to Harry, the late Carrie Fisher, sadly, and then, mm-hmm. uh, then then Carrie puts it puts the medal around uh, Mark's neck, 
yeah. Okay, so your your medal was for Mark then. That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you weren't even supposed to be be there. You just you just were there when you weren't supposed to be, and they said you there yeah, do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was that was what happened because in those see what what they did the the the, the um. The Film Artists Association and uh, Central Casting were set up by the film producers in the UK, very similarly to America. But obviously, in America, I think you got treated a little bit better on the films than we did in Britain uh, with regard to um, uh, upgrading you and uh, giving you more money for doing speaking roles. Now, mm-hmm. um, the reason that Central Casting was created, and I know I'm, I'm correct on this, was to get actors on the cheap. And most of my peers at the time, I mean, we had Richard Attenborough's um, brother, uh, brother, one of his brothers, uh, I'm sure it wasn't his son, it was his brother, yeah, who was uh, one of the background people on, on Star Wars. There were several other people. Uh, uh, most of the other uh, people were professionals. They had their own um, uh, wardrobe, uh, costumes, uh, not all obviously sci-fi stuff, but normal everyday wear. They they uh, were in Variety, Vaudeville. You know, they were ventriloquists, dancers, singers, mm-hmm. uh, um, acrobats. Uh, uh, they and they did obviously worked in films to make a little money on the side and follow their dream. Right. Uh, and you know, producers, directors, writers, they all uh, worked within the film business. Sean Connery, um, uh, Roger Moore. Uh, you know Bruce Willis, you know Tom Cruise, you name it. All of those people uh, did background work and background. And, uh, same with Alan Ladd, the great Hollywood actor Alan Ladd, and they all they all worked um, in that in that environment, speaking or non-speaking, or uncredited and all that stuff. Right, because, you gotta start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I usually see I've got a lot of uncredits, but it doesn't mean I wasn't in the movie. It didn't mean I didn't doesn't mean I didn't have a part in it. It's just uncredited is the way it worked. You know, sometimes to save money. I mean, I remember uh, working in one film. What was it? What the hell was it? Um, and uh, oh, yeah, it was on the professionals, a TV show called Professionals. And I said to the director, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got to basically check this 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 jeep uh, with this got army guys come to the gate at Windsor Barracks and I'm like kind of the gate is closed and I have to take the lumber plate down and stuff like that. I said to the director, you know, shouldn't I go up and say how, you know, say something to them like, uh, you know, uh, nice day today, isn't it? And or something, you know, just ad lib, you know. He said, no, 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 you can't do that. So, and the reason being, and I said to the first assistant, I said, you said he looked stupid, you know. And even then I, I, I was able to talk um, and, and stand up for myself and they said to me, oh, no, no, you know, we, we have to pay you more money. We can't do that, you know. Uh, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you see scenes in movies and some quite well-known actors have said, you know, what the hell? Give the guy a line, you know, give the guy a line, you know. And, okay, unfortunately you have to pay for that line or that mm-hmm. bit of dialogue. And, and but you see, you must have seen movies where you see someone go up to the main artist and then they say um, – I don't know. Harrison would say something. Yeah, you know, can you get that guy? Can you go and get that guy over there, please? And the guy would just nod his head, yeah. rather than say, yeah, "I will." You know. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, it just doesn't look right. You know, and I, 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 I just don't, I never understood that. Uh, well, I understand why it's to do with money at the end of the right. day. Right, but know. back then you didn't. Yeah, you, you wanted to get on t- you know, get on camera the most, and you want to uh, have a speaking yeah, role, so you'd be you know known and. You know. Yeah, I, I, I actually. You know, knew what to do and where to be. Uh, that intuition in respect of the camera. But the point is, I never 
for what well, I got to be in front of the camera. I got to be in front. I got to get my face seen. I got to do this. It was there's no way I, I ever did that. Uh, not intentionally anyway. And if I did, uh, I'm sorry, but I it's the way it is. But I generally um, it was very kind of some. For example, I worked on Victor Victoria Victoria with uh, Judy Andrews in this gay club patron scene. I'm dancing right next to uh, James Garner and Julie Andrews with this other guy, you know, <laughs> quite cab. And then the uh, next day, the assistant director phoned me up. He said, Derek, you know, we need you to be the photographer's assistant. This scene with Blake Edwards and the great Robert Preston and uh, et cetera. So I, you know, they chose me and then I went down and did my bit. I'm not speaking, but a little feature, another feature. Um, and this would happen to me quite a lot. They would ring me direct um, uh, and, uh, Sometimes I had dialogue, sometimes I didn't, but I still got paid very well, so I was quite happy. Right, but no, just being as an actor, it's it's not an ego thing. It's just it's about exposure. You know, you want to exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're on film, or you're on you're on set for at least a week or two, or how long it's it's filming. Yeah, you yeah. want to at least, yeah. you know, you want to take pride of that. This this is what I've been doing, and here I am, and this is my character. You know, that's it's very important to you know to. Well, the strange thing is, I mean, I've done, I've actually. Uh, worked on more films and done more work than a lot of the actors in the Star Wars community have ever done. You know, some of the other people won't mention any names, but um, quite a few well-known ones uh, within the Star Wars community who've done one or two roles. And I've I've worked on more films, more TV shows, you know, with parts, etc., than anyone else. And trouble is, and I've got to tell you, it's like very serious. Uh, that when uh, you know, I did that movie Elstree Street, 1976. Um, yes. Uh, which um, you may have seen on Netflix or yeah, documentary. Yep, very, yeah, very good. Yeah, and uh, must, you, you've got to get the Blu-ray or DVD. It's uh, it has uh, more. Um, oh, does it? Okay. Extra footage. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and um, I was really pleased to do that. It was actually Hank Starr's producer and directed by John Spira. Uh, right. And um, I was very pleased that they, they took over two years to film it with me and other my other colleagues like Jeremy Bullock and mm -hmm. Garrett Keegan. Uh, Garrick, I call Dad, by the way, because uh, he calls me son. Oh, I love Garrick, who, play, <laughs> who, big, who plays Biggs, you know, yeah. Dark Light. And, uh, uh, but the trouble is, a, a few of them um, uh, who uh, are known, at least Angus McGuinness, uh, uh, he actually said, oh, you know, he said, oh, extras don't count, you know, that stuff. Uh, and at least he was honest. But a lot of the other actors... Uh, you know, they off camera. I know for a fact they were uh, saying, "Oh, you know, why are these people doing conventions? We're we're better than them, basically. Than any person who's background." But they don't. They don't really understand yeah. that it's it's all as Robert Mitchell once said to me. It's all smoke and mirrors and full of horseshit. And <laughs> the ego gets in the way of it all. And I'll be honest with you, most of the wonderful actors I've ever met, uh, Jack Nicholson, Anthony Hopkins, who I became friends with, um, Sir Nigel Hawthorne. Uh, the late Sir Nigel, uh, and are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Just I just had a weird uh, beeping. So. Yeah, beeping yeah. noise was. Oh, that's okay. Uh, no idea where that came from. Yeah, all but, these, all these people. I mean, uh, Lorraine Hutton, Julie Andrews, um, uh, Robert Preston, as I said before. You know, all really kind, nice people. No big egos, even you think they have. Uh, but you find the lower actors including 
some of the peers, you know, as much as I am, and we're all the same. You know, there's no yeah. there's no difference between me and Dave Prowse. The only difference between me and Dave Prowse is he's in a costume, uh, right. he's dubbed over, and okay, he's Darth Vader. And the same goes with Jeremy. You know, I love Jeremy dearly, but you know, he's not the only Bubba Fett. You know, Dicky Bear, you met, I know, yes. mm-hmm. uh, and Dicky Bear was was did a lot of the scenes. You know, right. Bob Anderson did a lot of the fighting for Dave. For, for, yeah. um, uh, uh, the late Bob Anderson, who worked with uh, Errol Flynn, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they all have been very. You know, you know, acting is a very hard profession, and you, you, you know, I, I myself, I was never, I was never, I wasn't pushy enough. You know, I never pushed it too much. Um, now I'm a bit older, a bit, I'm hopefully a bit wiser. <laughs> you know, time is still coming. I'm 58 now. I'm still pretty fit to a degree, and um, we see. You know, maybe I end up like the Grey Fox. You know that uh, that stunt man who uh, did that David Lynch film, and he was a uh, did uh, movies. Oh, what was his name? He's hmm. uh, uh, oh, yeah. a very great American actor. He never really made it to his like late seventies, and he was known as the Grey Fox. You know, I can't remember at the moment. But anyway, at least he made it at some point during his life, you know. So, right. So, yeah, there's time. But as I say, the Elstree film and, and uh, you know, all those actors in that movie, uh, you know, they're no better than me. They're no worse than me. We're all the same, you know. And uh, But they some of them can't get that. You know, some of them can't take it because they uh, uh, the ego's involved too much, you know. Yeah, right. You uh, you took some time off from behind the camera. Did Elstree 1976, the documentary, um kind of gave you the itch to come back into it because you you mentioned earlier that you're you've got some projects going on you're going to be doing some yeah uh, yeah well, so. well the thing is i've done I've, 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 the thing is i i in 2007 i did three i did a, a, a commercial i did um uh, a, a part in a tv show again uh a tv cop program and uh something else what was it now uh I did three jobs in that in 2007, but unfortunately, <laughs> my wife decided to leave me for another man, and then <laughs> I should laugh, shouldn't laugh really. But um, then I, I really went into a terrible <laughs> depression from 2007 uh, till about uh, late 2010, and I was uh, kind of reclusive, you know. But 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 in the Elstree film, you may see I say the only thing which got got me out the door was basic was was really I shouldn't keep using that word basically. Uh, uh, I I. The only thing that got me out the door was to uh, do these conventions, of which I started in 2006. In fact, oh, did you? Uh, okay. I did. I started in 2006 doing the conventions. I was asked to do them. Uh, my my union equity. I got quite a few people write to me, pass of autographs. I thought, what's, the, what's this about? Why do you want an autograph? You know, I was, you know, I wasn't a yeah. big star in the Star Wars film, but because it's phenomenal success and it's still it's, it's still right. gaining power, as we speak, with Rogue One and. Mm-hmm. The next batch, uh, new, the new um, Star Wars film coming out, I think end of this year, the Jedi one, Last Jedi. Jedi. Right. You know, it's it's still it's still moving, and um, as I say, yeah, I've got I I did that documentary, and I did a um, a part in a film called uh, Z Listers, and I played a BBC executive, and uh, that was for basic for DVD, went straight to DVD. That was in 2014, and then I've been involved with uh, three documentaries. One, Elstree, which you're aware of, um, I'm, I'm in, involved in another documentary um, about Flash Gordon, okay. uh, Sam Jones, the great Sam Jones, great yeah. friend of mine now. Um, I worked in that movie. I played three characters. And um, 
uh, they've done, uh, this girl called Elisa Downer has actually made um, uh, making almost finished a doc she's editing at the moment a really good documentary called Life After Flash of which I'm in I'm interviewed oh cool and I, get, I even get to arm wrestle Sam Jones there we go <laughs> I've, I've seen the pictures yeah it's on YouTube <laughs> and um, I'm also involved with another documentary about James Bond called Life After Bond oh it's called sorry it's called A Bond for Life um, okay. uh, by a guy called Benjamin Lind um, so that's that, and I, and I say I've got uh, there's a horror film which I I can't really talk about at the moment, which I I think I've got the lead in at the moment. I won't say too much about it, but it's okay. going to be a kind of you know small, low budget kind of film. All right, looking forward to it. So, so you know, be quite honest with you, having worked with Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, uh, um, uh, George Lucas, mm-hmm. you name it, I've worked with you know some of the greats. Jack Cardiff, the great, greatest lighting director, lighting cameraman in the world. I went with really great people. Peter Hunt, you know, did the Bond films, Imagine Secret Service. Great lot, a lot of great friends uh, all over the place. And you know what I'm quite happy to do now is just do little low-budget, you know, 20, 30-minute films. Because the small, it's funny enough. There's a big, there's a really big. Uh, um, They've got like short film festivals here in the UK. I'm sure you have in America. Yeah. And short films are getting very popular now, and uh, I quite like them. You know, little little kind of, uh, you know, it's not like a three hour movie or a you know one half hour, two hour movie. It's like half an hour, and you've got the story, you've got the characters, and it, you know, I think that's quite neat to to have. Right. To do these. So it's a, it's I'm, a more I'm intimate to... project as opposed to like a big budget film. That's just... yeah, you know, you know what the business is not the same anymore. Yeah. And I know people who still work in the business, and they said, Derek, you would hate it, you know. And unless I had a lead, or no, I don't want to be a lead actor. So if I had like a character role, I don't know if you've seen any of my characters I do on YouTube, but I do this uh, French character called. Um, Count Eric de Leon, Savat champion of the world, and the great Eric, magician of life, and Johnny Rizzo is oh. a uh, mafia hitman. Yeah, um, I was gonna say I only I, know Johnny Rizzo. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen that one? Yeah, I, yeah, I seen, I seen you portray it a few times. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Uh, that was that, that came to me in New York actually when I was okay. uh, in, in, I was staying in the Times Square. And uh, yeah, Johnny Rizzo, you know, he's uh, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of mixer between uh, like. Uh, you know, uh, you look at me, don't look at me. It's, 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 it's fitting for the area there, yes. Like. Yeah, it's going to be like De Niro <laughs> thing. And then, uh, you know, Count uh, de Leon, Sebastian, in the word spy, investigator, <laughs> mystery, murder, and mayhem. <laughs> so I do these kind of different, well, I'm pretty good at voices anyway, and mm-hmm. I, I tend to, uh, uh, I would like to have done, I would like to have done a Joker's voice, actually. Yeah. I'm the Joker. <laughs> I'm the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Mark Hamill will approve on that one. <laughs> I'd say I could do a better version of the joke than Mark. I promise you. Come on. Good, you know. my, my, my great friend, Richard Epcar, he, he does a lot of the voice anime stuff in the USA, and he's a, one of the top voiceover artists for anime, and he revoices a lot of Japanese stuff. Richard Epcar, check him out. Um, great guy. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, as I say, I, I like to do. I like to. I like to really like to do some animation or voiceovers and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's a very lucrative market, and and it's a very closed market because they want. Okay, they want actors who are known, and and uh, I mean, I tried to get into it a few years ago, and it was so difficult to get in. And and I, you know, I'm, I've been told I'm quite talented. You know. Yes. Yes. Guy, you know, I've been told that in the past. You know, but. Uh, 
Uh, we'll see what happens, you know. The see what happens this year. The voice seems to be that you can do so many things. Why, why add another person to the mix when you've got one person that can do eight things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, exactly. They just want someone, just, someone to go in there and uh, do eight hours of work and basically do like a whole entire episode or a scene for uh, animation. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you know that guy Mark Silk. He does a lot of the Star Wars and yes. stuff, mm -hmm. but he's apparently very good. I haven't really heard him. He did. He did um, I've met him once or twice. I think he's once. the voice of Johnny Bravo, isn't he? That's a Johnny Bravo. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's really good. You know, yes. and I respect you know talent. You know, people. But my, my my inspiration for doing voices in the past was the great Frank Gershon. Uh -huh. Okay. You know, played Riddler, the Riddler mm -hmm. in Batman yes. TV yep. show. Yes. And he, he did. Uh, you know, he did. Uh, Hi, I'm Bart Lancaster. Ha ha ha! Why am I? Douglas, you know, he did all his voice, and I copied him in the '60s. I used to copy his uh, voices, and uh, and he and it was that one he did, uh, "You Dirty Rat," you know. Uh, you know I can't do James Cagney, but he used to do "You Dirty Rat" and all that jazz, you know. Uh, but he was great, Frank 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 Gorshwin, I think his name Gershwin Gershwin, yeah, Frank Gershwin, I think his name was. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's it's uh, we'll see what happens this year and. Uh, it's funny enough, my, my dear friend Kathy Monroe plays Zookas. Yes. Yeah. I'm meeting her next. I'm meeting yeah, her in yeah. uh, March. What's that? She's coming to a convention here in the States in March. I'm going to be meeting her then. I, I need to be invited. No one's invited me yet. I don't know what's going on. We'll, but, have, to, uh, we'll have to change that. One, the Star Wars thing and the Disney, uh, it's all kind of wrapped up with certain people. And I, yeah. I and me, I, especially with the 45th anniversary, the thought would invite me or, the, and, or both medal bearers, you know. I was uh, hoping for event. a celebration, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's it's very political. The whole thing. It's all about money. To be honest with you, it's all the ones they did in the UK. It's all about money, 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 yeah. and which is fine. And um, uh, but the fans, see, the fans, I feel are ripped off to a degree. Um, and I think that some of the other actors, uh, including Mark and a few others, are charging too much uh, for the oh, autograph. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can get Jack Nicholson charging that kind of amount of money. But yeah, again, now I suppose he's got, he needs the money for his retirement and all that stuff. But I, I like myself, I, you know, um, sell the medal sometimes and, and uh, different things connected, which I either get made or whatever. But if someone buys something off me, I always give them double. You know, I always give back even more. So if someone, don't, well, it depends on my mood, but generally speaking, if someone <laughs> orders them a photograph of America, I always send them a couple of extra ones, you know, um, well, as a thank you. Yeah, you know, because remember that. I don't really like charging for, for it, but as I have to make them and uh, right. cover my costs, you know, exactly. I have to make something out of it. You right. Know? Yeah. The fans over here, that there's a huge fan following. It's, if, yeah. If you can yeah. get I mean, into the convention got, circuit, you, like you said, it's hard. Just, you know, you got to the all I'm going to say to you, uh, Jimmy, is you guys who listen to this podcast, it's a wonderful podcast. This is Derek Lyons, Star Wars actor, superstar, as you know, in my own lunchtime. But um, <laughs> invite me to, uh, you know, to America, to uh, to something out there. You know, uh, you know, I'm connected with quite a few movies. You've got a lot of good stories to tell. You know. Yeah, we go, we go to a bunch of cons every year, and there's a few, there's a few in particular that I like to invite uh, UK actors because these promoters here they don't want because you know to them the uh, accommodations, the travel fees, and everything that's on that expensive. on the continent yeah. could be expensive. So that's why I think that's why they're not leaning exactly. towards. I mean, you know, I understand that. You know, I mean, you know, what I generally get is uh, you know I get a guarantee or a fee 
my hotel food and my right. transport paid for. And I'm very generous, and I'm, and I, you know, I will because I understand people lay money out. I understand that, and there's all, always a way of compromising, and nothing is set in stone with me. Right. Uh, but um, but there's a certain uh, there's a certain kind out here. It's called the Rhode Island Comic Con. They like to get a lot of European actors. A good friend of yeah. yours, uh, Barry Holland. I met him oh, back in right, 2012. Yeah. He comes out yeah. there, so they do get a lot of Euro Euro guests because they know that pulls. Um, you know, fans like me that travel from Chicago all the way to Rhode Island, that's a good a, a thousand miles well, the um, Island, just to a convention. I, I, I think I connected with him last year because Barry knows him. And uh, and he uh, they said, oh, yeah, next year, next year. So, I mean, nothing's happened. Maybe I should get onto him. But because um, I normally get everything organized the year before. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's all changed. The whole convention just world has changed quite a lot recently yes, yes, since the early days I started in it and um, it's uh, I don't particularly like doing the ones in the UK too much um, there's a few good ones I've been to but I like the European ones and the Germans are great when I go to Germany mm -hmm. you get there's no questions asked you know you, you, I went with Femi Taylor okay. a gift of mine uh, last year and we were treated well we had nice hotel food we were looked after, you right. know, we didn't have to ask for right. anything. They're brilliant, you know. The Germans uh, always, for me, always been the best uh, um, for their hospitality, etc. Um, yeah, when I did Jedi, I did Jedi Con in two thousand and eight, which was really fantastic, you know, with um, with um, with Jeremy and um, with Barry. I think was, no, did Barry? Yeah, I think yeah, Barry was Barry with that one. Around, which, I think he. Which city was I, it in? That was in. Um, it was actually in um, in Ber in um, in Germany. In, in um, oh, what's the other place called? Um, um, I can't remember. Uh, it's uh, Essex, maybe. No, it, no. it was at the hotel in uh, Düsseldorf, Düsseldorf. That's it, Düsseldorf. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that was what I think Barry. Yeah, Barry was that. Yeah, it was Barry, me, my, um, Mike, him, and Mike. Um, um, Mike, Mike, Ed, Mike, Ed, Mike Ed Edmonds, Mike, Mike Edmonds, Edmonds. Yes. Mm -hmm. and a few, and a few, and also da Daniel Logan. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does a lot of the cons here in the states. Daniel's a great. I always get him well, very well with Daniel. Yeah, he's, and, he's a fun guy. We we uh, yeah. drank at a bar with him one <laughs> at one con. It was pretty cool. He's great. He's a great guy. I like him very much. Um, but say, um, um, I, I I you know I, I, I like doing nice ones. I rather do few and not, and a few nice ones. I don't want to do one a week. I mean Pam Rose and several others they do one a week, you know, and uh, I couldn't handle that. I just really couldn't. You know, it's That's just too, it's too exhausting. exhausting. Yeah, yeah. It's stressful. It's, it's too exhausting. Yeah. Uh, it really is exhausting. People don't realise. I mean, I, okay, I don't just sit down at the table. I get up and mingle with the fans. I even go leave my table, which I shouldn't really do. Yeah. And I go and check out because I'm a fan too. I go and check out the, you know, the cosplay people and the girls and the, mm -hmm. and then I go up to the other actors and I say hi, you know, and uh, and then you know, and then I go back to my table. I said, where have you been? There's been three poor, three people asking for your autograph. I said, well, if they, they must probably come back. If they don't, right. that's what, it's okay. You know, I'm enjoying myself. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and I do get exhausted. You know, after if I do two days in the convention over weekend, it takes me a week to recover. It really does because I, I burn, I burn a lot of energy up. You know, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll definitely get a petition going and get you uh, to come out here in the states. 
Fantastic, yeah. I yeah, love, I love that. That'd be great. But anything, anything else you want to ask me? Um, you, yeah, you, I had some questions on like the other movies that you've done. Um, just yeah. if you want to just talk about each one briefly, uh, what what your role was, what you did, how'd you like it? His filmography is like eighty-one films. Let's so, come on. Well, now. he's got a lot of them, but ask a few specific. I narrowed it down to a few popular ones that I think uh, I think the people here in the states would know. Yeah, sure. So yeah. We'll we'll start with The Shining. You were a hotel bellhop there for that movie. Yeah, right? yeah, that was a great one. I actually auditioned for Stanley Kubrick on that one. At um, in fact, Stanley wasn't there, but his assistant went on, took photographs of us, me, and there's a guy called Dave who played. It was two of us who played bellhops in it. And um, yeah, we uh, we uh, got that, that gig for two weeks at Shepard and St- um, sorry Elstree Studios, mm-hmm. and uh, where they obviously filmed Star Wars as well. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, etc. Um, so filming with Jack, how was that? Jack was great. I mean, I, I, um, I'm actually in a book called Essays on the Shining. Okay. It's, it's called Essays in the Horror. Uh, essays. On, I'll tell you what it's called. Actually, you must get hold of it. It's, uh, I'm just looking here. It's called. Uh, uh, oh, God. Uh, oh, yeah. The Shining Stud- Studies in the Horror Film. Okay. And it's actually interviews with me. Kathy Monroe, Jack Nicholson. It's a, it's a thick book. It's with Centipede Press, <clears throat> and it, and I'd, I'd explain not all the all the what went on between me and Jack is in there because I didn't want to say too much because I want to leave it for my book. Right. But during that movie, I got on very well with Jack and with Scatman Carruthers, who played Hong Kong Fui. Did you ever see that show, the cartoon show? No. no yeah. Hong Kong Fui was a like a, it's like he was like in in the. Uh, 70s, late 70s, the punk, the kind of kung fu period. He was, it's a dog who uh, becomes a kung fu, he mm-hmm. investigates. Yeah, it's, it's called Hong Kong Fu anyway. So <laughs> Scatman, um, I used to eat lunch with him most of the time, um, uh, you know, during our lunch break, obviously. And he would pay every time. He says, hey, Derek, come over here. We're going to, you know, uh, and, and we would go and uh, he, would take me for, he would take me for lunch and I get went to pay. He's, no, no, I'm paying for it, you know. And I was sitting and telling him his life story about, Looking after Sammy Davis Jr. being his godfather and mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff, and then wow. I spoke to Shelley a few times, but she was kind of strange for Shelley. I know she's not very well mm-hmm. even now. And um, Barry Denham, Barry Nelson, uh, who played Jimmy Bond, the original James Bond, uh, uh, who plays the uh, Mr. Holloran. Uh, okay. But Stanley Kubrick actually asked me. He said to me, he said, uh, "What's your name?" I said, "Derek." He says. I you remember Vecrity? I said, no, no, I wasn't just that point in 78. And uh, <clears throat> and then he went up to Kathy Monroe, who obviously plays Zookas, you know, yes. you know yeah. spoke about earlier. And he, she says, oh, yeah, I've got an equity member. So she got she got a little bit of dialogue in that movie. She walks in from outside and says, hello, Mr. Horan. He says hello back to her. The scene when Jack's sitting down looking at Playboy magazine, yes. uh, that scene, Steve, Kathy walking in with this other, actri- uh, other actress, um, but yeah, I got on well with Jack. I used to speak to him most days, and so I was a bit, sh- I'm say, very shy then still. Mm-hmm. And I went up to him one day, and he was sitting there because Kubrick, you know, is he does 50, 50 scenes, you know, fifty takes for each scene, or plus, you know, yeah. sometimes a hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Really, perfe- absolutely perfectionist. I mean, if, if Stanley could have done everything himself, even acted in the movie, I'm sure he wouldn't have used anyone because he was so obsessive mm-hmm. with perfection, you know. Um, I went up to Jack one day and he was sitting down in the foyer of the, of the Overlook Hotel, which was filmed obviously at uh, L Street. And uh, I said, How's it going with that sandwich, Jack? He said, Derek, I wish they put some fucking ham in these cheese sandwiches. You know? <laughs> I can 
totally had the visual right now of him saying that. <laughs> and and then when we did when we filmed outside, um, I was also in some scenes outside which you can't really see me in, uh, unless you uh, where the maze outside the Oberlin yes. thing and okay. built the, the house of the maze, yeah. yeah. And Jack used to say, "Hey," and every time I was, I was so in awe because I loved him on we flew over the cuckoo's nest and stuff and and. Uh, you go, hey Derek, how's it going, Derek? Hey Derek, and uh, it all made me feel really warm inside. I, you know, this guy, you know, he's such a great actor, and it makes me feel kind of good, you know. Yeah. And um, then towards the end of the film, I, I said, uh, "There's a lot of other things which I can't talk about at the moment." But I uh, remember I said to him, "Look, if I bring in uh, Stephen King's The Shining book and The Cuckoo's Nest, would you mind signing it for me?" He said, yeah, Derek, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, Derek, you know. So I I brought them in the next day, and it was the last day, in fact, uh -huh. of shoot, uh, of our sh of my shoot, you know, yes. uh, I was finished. And, uh, okay, it's a wrap, you know, and then Jack turned around, walked straight up to me, put his arm around me, and escorted me up the stairs to his dressing room. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I, and then he, cool. I went to his dressing room, and he sh closed the door. Anyway, he... Uh, he started taking his clothes off because he's changing out of that. Yes. His, his suit, Jack Holleran suit, whatever. And he, he, I remember he pressed this cassette, um, uh, little cassette player on, mm -hmm. and it, this music started coming out. And I thought, that's really nice. What's that? Oh, he said, he said, Derek, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I just directed a movie called Going South with John Belushi, and this is the soundtrack uh, by a guy called Ray Cooter. And so I heard that, you know, so I heard the music of the film he was going to use really? for this director called Going South. I don't know if you've wow. seen that movie. It's a quite a funny film. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, then we sat down opposite each other and we chatted for about half an hour about different things. And um, I'll tell you, uh, I'm going to cut this short about this, this interview, but this, no, this, this section. But I actually brought in, a, he signed the two books for me. Uh, one of them, you can see it on my website, by the okay. way, uh, Derek Lyons' website on the Shining page, and he put to Derek Warmest regards and love Jack Nicholson and some other, something else in the other one, and I I also got most of the cast to sign the Shining book, which is very lucky to, to have. Awesome. And uh, but during the conversation, I said to Jack, you know, asked him how he started, and he told me that he worked at uh, MGM uh, in the um, cartoon department. Um, animation department, something like that, I remember him saying. And then uh, I said, well, I've got this coin. I bought this coin to, to give him, um, which was a five-shilling English coin, which I had since I was a baby. Because mm -hmm. I loved him so much. I, you know, If you've got something you love a lot, and you give it to someone, it means more yeah. to the other person. You know, yeah. I've always yeah. done things like this. So I said, yeah, I've got a present for you. And he said, really, Derek? What? What's that? So I gave this coin to him. He goes, are you sure about this, Derek? I said, yeah. He said, oh, Derek. And I could see he had a little tear in his eye. You know, after I said this, I said, this is a baby. I want to give it to you because I think you're a wonderful actor. Uh -huh. He said, well, Derek, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever given to me. That's the way he spoke. And that was it. And then I got up, went out, and that was it. Last time I saw Jack Nicholson. But great uh, experience to be around a, such a wonderful character actor. Very Wow, yeah. that's a very cool story. A lot of people don't know that. So. Yeah, I mean, there's, I met Robert Mitchum as well. I mean, I've worked with him on a film called Reunit Fairborough with Deborah Kerr and he, he was he he was very kind to me and he, he 
hasn't gone very well. He's telling me he's kind of really rude stories, which I can't really tell you on the, <laughs> in this past, you know. But he was a great, great actor too. And good friends as well with Jack Nicholson to the end, wow. you know. Very cool. 